Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. I'm really excited today. We're here at episode 23, and we're going to be talking about in our main segment, how to use focus in your lighting. But before we get there, couple things that I want to mention. The first is just as I was sitting down to write this, actually, a brand new review just came in. Actually, it looks like he wrote it yesterday, but uh, my review catcher just sent it to me today. And it's by DT Campbell in iTunes. He wrote, best entry level lighting explanations right here. Look no further. Great nod, David. And he rated and reviewed at five stars. So thank you, DT Campbell. I really appreciate it. If you've gotten something out of this show, if you've learned anything, I really would appreciate it if you could pop over to iTunes for me or Stitcher if you're on Android. Go to learnstagelighting.com slash iTunes, and it's going to send you to one of those two places. You just click on the button, and then in the review box, just type in something you've learned, and then it's going to also ask you to leave a rating, and I hope today that I earn five stars from you. Awesome. Now, guys, often we talk about lighting news, but this week there's nothing super in particular that I want to cover. Um, it's been a fairly quiet week here in the news, and so we're going to skip that and head right in to our main segment. Focus. Ultimately, when we're talking about intensity, focus, color, and beam, as we have been uh, these past uh, three weeks now, if you haven't caught the first one, I'm going to link to it here where we talk about what IFCB is and, and how to use it. But the second letter in it is focus. And when I'm talking about focus, what I'm really referring to and what I really want you to think about is what am I doing on the stage to draw people's eyes one place or another? In fact, it doesn't even have to be on the stage all the time. In fact, you can use the area of the audience, maybe even the lobby to create a feeling of focus in your lighting. So so what is focus? As, as I mentioned, it's really just the principle in lighting that when we're going to make a change, we think about and we think, okay, how can I move someone's eye around the stage? How can I cause someone to look in the certain direction that the artist or performer or myself wants them to look into? Okay. How do I get someone to look in that direction? And so ultimately, this isn't the same as position, which is an attribute of moving lights or even conventional lights. It's where you've pointed them because it goes a little deeper. In fact, I was talking to somebody on YouTube this past month in comments, and he said, you know, I'd really call it intensity position color and beam. But the more I've thought about it, the more I realize that the reason I like to use the word focus is because I don't want to get it confused with the position of the light. Now, you could argue that, David, now you're just confusing it with the focus control in a moving light that would, you know, soften or, or sharpen the beam. And, and that could be true. But regardless, this is how I do it, and I'm sticking with it. Um, because I think it helps separate it from position because you don't have to move have moving lights to create focus. Okay? So how does this work? Well, if, if you've got moving lights, of course, you can create focus by using position, by positioning the lights so that they're shining on one side of the stage, the other. Maybe there's a catwalk uh, for a musical artist coming out into the audience, a B stage. 
Maybe you want to set the, the position on the audience for a minute. But even if you don't have moving lights, you can still use intensity to create focus, okay? So we can really use any attribute of the light. So every light has intensity, right? And you can turn it on or you can turn it off. Some lights don't dim, but, but most lights that we use in a stage setting are going to have that ability to dim, okay? So you can turn lights on and turn lights off. Even if you can't dim them, you can at least turn them on and off. Any light can be turned on or off by applying and removing power from it, right? And when we turn lights off, it guides our eyes to the area where lights are turned on, okay? It's really that simple. So if you turn off the lights, say for a music show or some kind of performance, you turn off the lights in the audience usually, or, or you keep them real dim. And that draws people, it draws their eyes to the stage. It brings their focus there. In the same light, pun totally intended, you can create focus on one part of the stage or another by, by highlighting something, by, by lighting something. Say you light only the lead vocalist for a particular segment and you don't light the rest of the band, at least not from the front. Well, then people are going to be drawn to looking at that lead vocalist. This actually brings me to, to color, the next thing I like to talk about, because color can help us create focus so much, especially in this age where we've got LEDs everywhere, okay? Because if you, say with this lead singer example, say you do light the whole stage, but everything's in blue, and the lead singer gets a white spotlight on them, whether it's a follow spot or a special or a moving light that you shine that way, you're able to go ahead and use that color to create focus because the lack of color, the, the, the light that's in white or doesn't have color in it, makes you look in that direction as opposed to the areas that are colored. Maybe it's blue, maybe it's magenta, whatever, you know? Position, we already talked about a little, but position we can use to create focus by pointing people, by pointing the lights where we want people to look, and conversely, not pointing them where we don't want people to look, and whether we're using intensity, focus, color, or even beam to create focus, even even gobos, even, you know, the focus of your particular lights, you can use all of these attributes. So you've got gobos in one area stage, and then there's an area where you don't have a gobo. Well, that's where people are probably going to focus, right? That's where their eyes are going to move. And so the, the point of focus here is that we're not necessarily talking about an attribute of the light, but when you are working with lighting and, and you're putting things together as a lighting designer, the first thing, and this is whether you, you claim to be a professional lighting designer or you're just lighting for your church or your band or wherever, you're a lighting designer, okay? And whether you are thinking intently or not, what I want you to do is, is definitely to intently think next time you're working with lighting, okay, instead of just turning all the lights on at full and having them on, think about where do I want people's eyes to focus on the stage and, and make sure you use these principles that we've talked about, the other parts of the light, the other attributes besides just the movement. If they're moving lights, you may not have moving lights and that's perfectly fine. You can still use this as we've been talking about. And you can use those attributes of the light to help people focus where the entertainer, the artist, the musician, the pastor, whoever is on that stage so that they can do and they can communicate what they want to communicate. So 
this is, you know, a pretty short explanation, but at the same time, I don't feel the need to overdo it here because it's a fairly simple context, right? Decide where you want people to look and use the tools, use the pieces in the toolbox that your particular lights have to be able to create focus on stage, to be able to point people where you want to point. And then, of course, once you've pointed people in that direction, you can create movement by using effects that move people's focus around, whether that's actual moving lights moving or maybe an intensity chase that guides people through the room or from left to right or from the audience to the stage and back. You can use light and it's really powerful to be able to play with these things. And, and as you're working with lighting, experiment and watch how it changes the mood of the room. Watch how it gets people to look in certain directions or another, and then you use that to help amplify whatever message the people on stage are trying to accomplish. With that, guys, let's dive in to our mailbag. Today in the mailbag, I've got some great questions. As always, questions in the mailbag come from learnstagelighting.com slash contact. Just fill out that form there and uh, I'll answer them here on the show. It's worth noting, too, that um, I don't really read these ahead of time. I just give them a quick skim over as I'm copying and pasting them into these show notes. And then um, I read them here for the first time, basically, you know, second time. I think through and I share with you what I'm thinking and, and how I get to the answers that I get to. Um, so that you're able to, to really see the thought process as well as the answer. And, and I think it's a, a, a system that really has been working well. So. Shiva writes in and says, I'm a lighting designer based in India. I just bought a Martin, uh, now Alation, MDMX interface, and he's seen my videos on MPC, but he wants to know how to work with MDMX and, and patch it um, to control the lighting fixtures. All right, Shiva. So there's a couple really great things that I want to harp on here to help you get started. And we're going to have you started by the end of this, this quick answer here, okay? So the first thing, is that when you're using MPC or an M-series console, it's the same software. Whether you bought a 20 or 30,000 top of the line console, or you've just bought the couple hundred dollar on, these are US prices, of course, DMX interface, interface that you've got there. It's the same software and it all works the same. And so when you plug your MDMX in, assuming you've gone in and you've installed the software, plug that MDMX in, start the software, hit create new show, and you should be able to get DMX output. Now, if for some reason that's not working, um, the first thing to do is go watch my tutorial on YouTube, my getting started with M-Series. I'm going to have a link to it in the show notes, okay? So you can get those. It sounds like you've seen some of it, but follow those videos to get your fixtures patched and created and, and to begin programming. Then if, if your lights aren't coming up, Go ahead and we're going to check a setting, okay? So I just did this earlier this morning with somebody else, so it's fresh in my mind. We're just going to launch MPC. We're going to go to the blue dot in the upper left-hand corner. We're going to go to menu. Then we're going to go to system. And we're going to go to DMX settings. I'm doing this from memory, so hold on a second. Then from DMX settings, at the bottom, it's going to say USB to DMX. When you click on that, you're going to see your MDMX and you're going to be able to assign the DMX universe that you want to control. Okay, there's two ports on that. You can have two universes of control with that box. And uh, I would set them up as one and two. 
but you can set them up however you please. Maybe you want to set them up as one and one because you need two DMX lines going different places. So I don't know a ton about what you're doing, Shiva. However, this should help you and really get you started because once you've got your MDMX universes set up, like I just described, everything's the same. Whether you're using just, you know, a couple hundred dollar interface or a many thousand dollar console inside of the MPC software and the M-series consoles, it's all the same, no matter which hardware you're on, which is one of the really great things about that software. All right, Glenn writes in and said, um, he thinks um, my material is very good. However, um, what do I do? He says, what do I do if I'm an illusionist, a magician who does a lot of small shows, okay? And so he's writing, he says, you know, a lot of audiences are, you know, smaller gatherings, you know, six people to a hundred people. And he's noting that, you know, for six to 12 people, you know, about that many, you can use a, a couple floor lamps and, uh, you know, you have enough lighting to do your illusions or magic tricks. Um, but, you know, after you get about 20 people, th that's not enough light to work with. And so um, he'd love the ability to use some different colors and then also have some kind of uh, white as well. And black light would be great. So reliable, budget, all of that, DMX control, um, that's what he'd like. So absolutely, Glenn, what I'd probably recommend to you, and I know this isn't typically my target audience, I typically talk to people who are doing shows that, you know, have a decent number of people on it that, that could be further away from the stage. But for that middle ground, I, I love the, the, the challenge here. And I've worked with illusions before, so I know some of the needs um, there is... You know, to get the control you want, here's what you could do for, for under a thousand bucks. And that may sound like a lot, and, and, and it is, but it's going to pave the path for something in the future. So for under a thousand bucks, even less, really, it depends how bad you want the black light. Um, I would go ahead and I would go out to Alation, Chave, or Blizzard. I'm going to just go to Blizzard for an example right now. And I would get two LED par cans of some kind, okay? So I'm going to go to products. I'm going to go to... LED wash lights here, and I'm just doing this live as we're talking. And I'm going to find something uh, pretty, look for kind of the most inexpensive thing. I think these, for Blizzard, these hot boxes are some of their more inner, some of their more uh, inexpensive ones. So they've got one that's an RGB. Oh no, wait, that's with a variable white. I'm looking for something that has the UV. If you don't need the UV, you could get by with like a $100, $120 uh, Chave. Uh, like a uh, Slimpar RGBA, the 56, uh, Slimpar 56 RGBA. You can get away with a few of those or something similar. But in this case, and I'll link to all this stuff in the show notes, um, but in this case, you know, I'm looking at a uh, an LB Par Hex from Blizzard. Let's see how much that costs. Um, so that's a unit that's got um, Hex LEDs, which typically is um, red, green, blue, amber, white, and UV. So that's black light the UV is, and uh, DMX. So how much does this guy cost? I'm going to click buy. And so, yes, yeah, so these guys are $249 from Blizzard. Again, call a dealer. Um, I, I haven't said that yet today, but call a dealer um, if you're buying a few and they should be able to get you a better price. So that's $500 bucks, buying two of those LB par hexes. Then spend $100 bucks on a couple stands. May cost less um, than that, but I'm just going to budget $100 bucks for that. So that's $600. And then go and buy yourself Entech. DMXs and some DMXs cables. So that's going to be, you know, another 300, 350 when you add in the cables and maybe some power cables. Okay. 
So two lighting stands, one par on each stand, Glenn. Entex uh, DMXs software, DMX cables, and a foot switch that works off of a, a quarter inch, like a sustain pedal. Okay. So we're going to buy all those things. So we're at about, we're at about 500, 600. Okay. Seven, eight, 900. So yeah, we're at around a thousand dollars now all in. Okay. And, and that is a decent amount when you're used to using a floor lamp, Glenn, but what you're going to be able to do with this setup is now have full color control from two sides, right? From both sides of your, your face. So you can go one side color, one side white, or both sides white. You're going to have the ability to UV to do UV. And what I like most about this, when you get it all hooked up is the DMX's software, which runs on windows and runs on Mac as well is the best way it's actually designed for bands to run their show from stage. And so you just program in your different tricks um, into what they call banks. Okay. And then as presets, individual cues within those banks, you're going to go ahead and program the parts of each trick. You know, maybe you have three cues an intro when you're actually doing the illusion and the outro. Okay. Cause sometimes I've done illusions before. I like to get flashy sometimes, and you can do that during the intro and outro, but you don't want to be flashy with the lights during the actual illusion because then it feels like you're using the lighting to do the illusion. And I know that you're writing here and you're good at what you do because you're used to doing it up close to people. So you're not going to need to rely on the lighting to, to be able to perform the illusion well. So um, that's my little rant there. Um, but but seriously, um, you know, great illusionists can, you know, do it on the street. Like you see, you know, Copperfield and Blaine and other people like that, you know, and they do stuff on the on the street and, you know, completely mesmerize people and they can do it in front of a light show. And and when you can do both, you know, that means you're you're definitely good at what you're doing. Um, and so you're used to using no lighting or very little. And so the great thing about DMX is, is once you program it and you have your couple lights, you set them up. You know, quick and easy. You could even probably do it wirelessly. Like I know Chave in a lot of their units um, has the ability to just plug in a little USB to get wireless. And if you're doing smaller shows, you can probably get away with that without having issues um, with the wireless not working from having too many Wi-Fi networks around and stuff. Um, I'm not going to go into deep detail here, but I've got resources around the web uh, and in Orange Stage Lighting Labs that goes into that. But regardless, Glenn, um, once you get that all set up and in DMXs, you just order your stuff for your specific show. If you've got background music, you can actually sync the lights right to it with an extra little utility called Show Buddy that's about 100 bucks. Um, but if you don't, just use that foot switch. And every time you want the lights to go forward through what you've pre-set up, and you can rearrange that for every show real easy, you just press the foot switch. And then it's going to fade. It's going to do your, your effects and allow you to have a really tight light show that you can run yourself. Unfortunately, Glenn, like I said, you know, it, it, it makes sense to, to invest that 300 bucks in really good control because when you do cheap control, say you only spend 100 bucks on a really cheap controller, you know, that's fine, but you don't get near the ability to really make those lights work for you and really get the ability to control, make a lot of changes during your show and, and use things. So I would, I would go, I would even say, I tell people not to buy cheap off-brand lights. But I would rather have you go buy some cheap, maybe some used lights um, and, and use those rather than skimp on your control. Because the, the DMX is software from Entech. It's really, really such an amazing piece of software and it's really good. And I highly recommend it. So I hope that helps, Glenn. Um, definitely got some options there for you um, in closing, everybody, from today's show. Um, we're hitting the last bit of the segment here. Today was a little shorter show, but next week is going to be a longer show, okay? I'm really excited 
because I had the opportunity to sit down this past weekend with a couple folks from Entech, James and Crystal, who work there. And we talk about color. So these are these are some folks who've worked with lighting for a while um, and, and get to work with lighting a lot. And we talk about how to use color inside of your lighting. So I'm really excited about that. I can't wait to get in and edit this thing down and share it with you guys um, and talk about that. Now, if you learned anything today, I need you to do me a big favor. Go over to iTunes. Um, go to learnstagelighting.com slash iTunes. You'll be able to then go to iTunes or Stitcher if you're on Android. And go ahead and in that review box, type out what you've learned today. If you've learned something new today, type out the number one thing you've learned in that box. And then, of course, click the stars to rate this podcast. Now, I really hope that I've gotten five stars from you today. I know I've put in the effort and I've worked hard and I've, I've really designed this and, and optimized this so that it can really help you with your lighting. So I hope I've earned five stars from you today. With that, everybody, I will see you next week. I'm really excited about our show and I can't wait to see you there. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. Be sure to visit us at LearnStageLighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.